No, I, I believe I get it. Hello, everybody. Uh oh, we had a lag. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe, your safe place to talk about anything. Like, uh, oh my gosh, I haven't done this in so long, guys. I lost my flow. Your safe place to talk about anything strange, paranormal, fringe, UFO, UAP, if you're fancy, occult, you name it. We've talked about everything from remote viewing to Satanism on this channel, and we welcome it all with open arms as long as you're loving one another when you're doing it and open-minded. You are welcome here. Um, tonight, I have the honor of talking to Tom Matt, and he is an author of a great book called Jesus Goes to Hollywood, and, um, and it's a memoir of madness. This book has a little bit of everything for it. So before we get into introducing Tom with his bio, which I'm going to have him tell you about yourself because I like that more, I'm going to tell you what I thought about the book, like first impressions. If you get this book, it's gonna you're going to learn about two things. You're going to learn about what it's like to be a person in the world with um, you know, mental health challenges and addiction, but you're also going to learn about being somebody that um, sees the world so differently that they literally, it feels like have to pull away from society to start putting the pieces back together of whatever's blown this consciousness open of theirs or their sensory perceptions open. Right away, this book will grab you like right away. There's no leading into it. Um, the first chapter, the first sentence, you're like, whoa, you sit up in your bed and you're like, wait, what? What did you do? <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's not um, something that you would think of automatically as being related to UFOs or paranormal, um, but it does have high strangeness to it. And it does have something along the lines of remote viewing, which we'll definitely get into. Um, but Tom, I'm going to have, wait, before I have you introduce yourself, I want to say thank you to anybody listening now, later, um, audio only, YouTube, do the likes, do the reviews, uh, feedback, subscribes, shares, all that stuff. But Tom, I love to have people introduce themselves. Who are you and what do you do? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to jump in. Thank you for, uh, for that comment on the book. Um, I'll, we'll speak to that in a minute after I, after I do my, my bio here. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, uh, my background is in marketing and advertising. I had an advertising agency in Atlanta for 20 years before about 10 years ago where I was also addicted to cocaine. And I had what you can best describe because it's exactly what it is, a complete mental break from reality. I walked out on my family, my wife, my kids, and my business, literally walked out on my thriving business that was successful because I was under the delusion that my kids had been replaced by aliens, government satellites were following me around, my wife was an adult movie star, there were cameras in my office um, and following and watching everything I did, and my business was a front for another business. So there was a lot of psychotic thoughts and they were drug fueled. So I was definitely the instigator of this psychosis. Um, now, what's funny is that before, well, it's funny, it's actually not funny, but looking back, what's funny is that I was, I had, um, was addicted before and I'd been clean for five years. So I knew I could stay clean and sober. And when I say addicted before, I'm the kind of person, a high functioning addict, do coke, you do it for a couple of years. You're like, I need to straighten up, stay sober for a few years. So by the time I hit 40, I was clean and sober. But in my mid forties, I picked up again. And that is when the shift occurred in my brain. 
something literally opened up or was turned on and where it was broken. The filter that most people have just completely disintegrated. Um, and the book was written um, about, you know, the book is about how it, how I walked out on my family and how we got back together. And most importantly, how something opened up in my brain and how I see the world now in a completely different way. I literally see more of it. Um, but to the to your point about the first, uh, how did they grab it? How they grabbed it? Yeah, I, the book starts just for those uninitiated with me setting my house on fire. I mean, that's literally how it started because I wanted to get the, I wanted to have the local police and fire people, firemen come to the house and put it out because I thought that would resolve all the issues. Obviously, that's not what happened. And if you want to know what happened, you can read the book. But um, but at the end of the day, I'll say this: there's a happy ending and there's more to the story because that the book is ten years old. You know, it was 10 years ago that all of this happened. And since then, my mental health has improved because I'm going to about have 10 years sober December 29th of this year. So that I'm very excited mm, about. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, my mental health has improved, clean and sober, take care of myself. But my brain and the way I move through the world is completely changed. You know, my... Um, neurodivergent, neurodivergent brain. It's something, everything, you know, my vision has completely changed and we'll jump into that. Um, so yeah, that's it. And now I do marketing strategy um, on the side. I'm a consultant, marketing strategy consultant, while at the same time, I'm obsessed with getting to the answers of what happened to me and seeing if other people can do what I do because there's a psi element, there's a remote viewing element, there's a telepathy element to it. Um, and last year I've been, you know, hanging out on UFO Twitter, looking for the connections. And, uh, and I've made some over the last year. So yeah, that's where that's, that's, let's start there. Yes, absolutely. Because this is, you know, we want to get into the weirdness. I'm sure you've talked about that mental health aspect of it is very important. And you're extremely candid throughout the whole book. And that is hard to do. And I think that a lot of people that are experiencers have had these moments where if they read a book or of like yours, they think, that that could have easily been me if you know I would have I don't know I just feel like it's so relatable I think at one point we're all afraid of our brains detaching from reality after um you know an experience or even if we do uh, you know substances and have a mental break from reality um it's it's scary and we're afraid to lose it all and you did and now you're back but you you got this amazing gift and that was going to be my question is how did you end up on UFO Twitter um well so when I, when I got sober, um, actually, let me, let's, let's, let's take a step back. Let me take okay. a step back. Yeah. Cause I think you spoke to some, I'd like to speak to about people Absolutely. who are experiencers. You know, there's some, there's always people say on UFO Twitter and I find it very frustrating. There's so UFO Twitter attached, uh, attracts so many people with mental illness. And that is so annoying. You know, everyone has a mental illness. So just like some one form or another for a week, a month or something, even neurosis, um, just like a physical illness. And you don't have to stay stuck in a mental illness. You know, you can do things to get out of it. You know, obviously, if you are getting high every day and you start getting paranoid, clearly that you might have a lifestyle change. So that doesn't happen. But if you get high and you have these paranormal experiences, they're not necessarily just from the drugs. There might be something else going on and you're in a state where you can have these experiences. The thing about that is nobody really cares because they're dismissed because the drugs are involved, you know? 
So when I was on my year um, psychosis of, you know, literally flying around the globe, spending money, being psychotic, I was on drugs sometimes, but on sometimes I wasn't. Even without the drugs, I still had these, um, these absurd thoughts or ridiculous thoughts. And the thoughts came in because I had my headphones in. This is when they, you know, headphones, I had them in 24 seven and I didn't want anyone else to talk to me. All I would do is mis listen to music a and come to find out I was, I was somehow taking parts of the music and it was influencing my behavior. If that makes sense. It was like little pieces of the songs. It was like almost like schizophrenia or like that. I would take a piece of it and act on something for some reason. I don't know why. Um, so I got back with my family. Uh, you know, I checked myself into a psych ward, you know, cause I was like homeless in downtown LA. I was literally homeless. I'm like, listen, I have to get, you know, I got to check into a psych ward. So they said bipolar. I was like, okay, I need to get clean and sober. My wife, will she take me back? Ultimately she did. I stayed clean and sober. But before I did, the last time I used was, um, I got drugs. It was December 29th, 2012. And this time when I did it, I had these literal uh, hallucinations. That's not the right word because hallucinations mean you think it's real. I saw these virtual reality images, these holograms right in front of me. I saw four distinct things. The Grim Reaper, a slot machine, cells on a dinosaur's, uh, the back of a dinosaur and cells moving through a body. So I was in like this awe state. I was in this awe-inspired state. And I was like, you know, one of, and it's lasted a while. And I was like, wow, if, can I do this when I'm sober? You know, can I do this without drugs? Um, and I found out at that moment all the time, I, these things came to me. This upside, the thing that I've labeled upside, I can do all the time. I can literally see these images all the time. Um, they're not necessarily true. You know, it's not like I can watch. It's not like a precognition, which I've actually tried. Watch, sit there in front of the Kentucky Derby, watch the horses run around. And Upsight will literally show me a holographic image of the horse race, right? Running around a track. But it's never true, right? It's just something that looks like what I'm seeing. And it's, it's, um, it's not true. Now, so I've learned, like, don't, don't try to use this for money because it lies. And we know the phenomena is a trickster if nothing else. But what's fascinating is even though it doesn't tell the truth, there's still the fact that this image is showing to me, it's coming from somewhere. So for the last 10 years, I've tr been trying to partner with an academic research institute to get into a lab, get into an MRI. Let's see where these things are coming from. Where is this information coming from in the universe? Is it coming from me? I'm convinced it's not. Is it coming from outside of me? How far away is this thing? You know? So that's where I am now on my journey of upside. And if you're on UFO Twitter, the reason I went on there a year ago was because Avril Haines, the national security director, I'm not sure her exact title, said, listen, you know, our government admitted that we are looking for extraterrestrials. Before that, I made a vow to stay away from um, new age stuff and ufology because I didn't think I would be taken seriously to study upside. Not only that, I wanted everybody to know that my mental health was better. So I needed to kind of distance myself from my experience with extraterrestrials, with interdimensional beings or whatever these things are, 
and have a long time of, okay, he's not doing drugs. Something must be happening. That's not drug related. Um, but when she spoke, I was like, listen, I'm going to go on UFO Twitter. I'm going to find the people that are doing psi research, telepathy research, and I'm going to engage with them. I'm going to meet th with them. And I'm going to, you know, hopefully I'll find somebody that wants to do research. And that's what I've been doing the last year. That's how we met. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I think I saw you on some shows and I saw you on Twitter and your posts. Um, you did a couple of posts that were like longer, like um, what they call threads. And um, they were... The way you explain it to me, it definitely makes more sense on um, how you explain a lot of it on Twitter. But if somebody's never read those, what, how would you explain Upsight to somebody? Because to me, it has, it seems like it create, creates almost synchronicity in your life at some points, and then it does things at other times. So if, if somebody's new to you and new to the term Upsight, what what is upside? That's a good question. So this is how I describe upside. Up upside is the ability to manifest and see these holographic images, um, whether that's this far out or twenty feet away, and not just see them but interact with them. Okay. So not only will I see it. Let's. So let me give you an example. You and I are talking now. If I turn my head to the right, I'm not going to do it now because I don't want to concentrate on it. If I looked and paid attention, something could be there. It could either be something we're talking about. Maybe it would be a horse race because we just mentioned it, right? So maybe it'll be some horses running, or it could be a, a guy cooking a pizza. Whatever it is, once I've engaged, I see it. I'm like, I focus on it. And again, there's a physiological response. You can see my eyes dilate and they focus and you can see my pupils get bigger. Um, so whatever it is, once I engage with it right now, I'm an active participant in it. And amazingly, so when it's coming at me, let's say it's like a photon or a light wave coming at me, it feels different on my eye than when I'm like if I see a, a let's say a good example, if I see a, a, a guy um, cooking a pizza and I say, make that an elephant cooking a pizza, it feels different on my eye than when it's coming in. So these things are really subtle and nuanced. But um, that's why I want to get, you know, I want to get into a, a lab where they can study exactly what's going on. So that's what upside is more. But here's the thing. That's just what it is. I've also got a name for what I'm seeing. You know, when I wrote the book, I called it Schizopedia. Mm -hmm. Right. I called it that because it's like Wikipedia. There's knowledge there, but it's a lie. So it's like schizophrenic. It's like it's like it's showing you yeah. something that you're like, wow, what is this? And then it's complete nonsense or not complete nonsense. But there's a trickster element to it. Since then, I've um, I call it the organic metaverse, you know, oh. and I think this is what the ancients called the Kashuk records or the new sphere. Yes. I think there's something there that's always there. You know, I just happen to be able to see it. Um, and I've learned that the images that come back and keep seeing again and again are the ones that are real. And the ones that are more um, ephemeral or like dreams are the ones that I'll just see once and they're gone, you know? That, that makes help? sense. Yeah, it does. And it also, um, it's almost like, and I think you may have talked about this at one point, um, or maybe this is what I was thinking when I was reading about it, is almost like, I'm like lucid dreaming while you're awake because in lucid dreaming you can take control of what's going on and interact with the dream but you're doing this while you're awake so that's really fascinating um absolutely and in fact and i have a pin tweet if you look at my twitter feed mm -hmm. there's this pin tweet i have an image i call it upside and 
and and for me, and I would imagine most people, the closest stuff is the lucid dreaming, right? That's the closest. The next one is remote viewing. And then farther after that is astral projection. And I call it abstract knowledge where I can do math stuff. Um, and, the, and you know, lucid dreaming is personal and it's close. You have family in there. You have private stuff. Remote viewing is like this, this uh place that everybody can look at remote viewers they can all see this and astral projections you know some people can go out there so um from from my perspective or for me that's exactly how it is now i'm not uh, let me be clear about this um i've had discussions and watched people talk about on ufo twitter everywhere exactly how remote viewing works and they're all about having a target because you can only prove somebody is remote viewing with a target Okay, all those things are true, but that's not remote viewing. That's proving remote viewing. You know what I mean? That's only that's only if you have to convince somebody else. A remote viewer can do it by themselves without having to prove anything to anybody, you know? And it, maybe it's not there, but I could sit there and remote view the Eiffel Tower. Do I know what – can I see – I get watch people in parasols walk around the Eiffel Tower, right? So I, that was 100 years ago. Is it real? I don't know. I've seen people, you know um, – recently walk around it is when is it i don't know so um to me that's you know what i mean remote viewing and remote viewing for a target and for like say a spy or somebody to prove it are completely different things they can be the same but they know you know they can be useful for that but it doesn't have to be it's an interesting gift that some people have yes and um you mentioned it i I think it's interesting because when people talk about like the holographic universe and uh, many worlds theories and the Akashic records, um, a long time ago, I taught a class about um, accessing your past life through uh, the Akashic records. And it's exactly kind of like how you explain it. Um, if anybody's has the ability to tap into these records, and I know um, there's some people like, oh, Akashic, that's a you know, it's a name that belongs to another culture, but that's the closest thing we have to describe some of this. It's like slices of time. Um, yeah. And everything yeah. that you, every second that you live is just like recorded in a slice of it, <laughs> of that moment. So you can kind of go back and forward and see it. So that also brings to question, like, are you able to see other like simultaneous realities or, um, how one outcome could have happened versus the one that you're seeing in this, this realm, I guess, you know, or in this every day, but it, it's, it's easy for, um, do you ever get lost in it is what I'm getting at, you know? Um, like, do I you ever start to, walking you know, my gosh. and then, I used to you know, get lost into it. I used to do it when I was coming out of my psychosis, I would spend out, it was almost like it was another psychosis. You know, I was obsessed with math and staying in there. Now I have a very good, a healthy balance because I have a work and everything. But when I first came back and I, I couldn't, I didn't think I was ever going to, um, I talk about this in the book. I didn't think I was ever going to be able to interact with anyone in a normal way, you know, because my brain was so scrambled. Um, but to the point about past lives or other lives, there's a, there's a section in the book that I walk, talk about when I'm really depressed. I'm not thinking, I'm not suicidal. You know what I mean? You're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and at the same time I was thinking this, I was also on another planet where I was, they killed me on another planet. There was, I was, my body was, I talk about how I, I, even though I'm here, I'm also on another planet in front of the leader and they kill me. And I felt it at that moment. And I felt better here when I died there. It was crazy. That was like, I haven't had yeah. anything like that since then. That was um, right yeah. when I was coming out of this, but something I, happened that yeah. shifted I've only had one other person talk about something like that. Um, 
like a like an experience like that and it was somebody talking about um like how our instead of saying soul this person was talking about our essence so it, it's essentially the soul or your spirit your astral body light but whatever you're calling it you know your sure. your essence you know it's um it, it, he was talking about it can cease to exist in another place and then wake up here but it can also be simultaneous because in other places there's not time and you know it, it gets super complicated from there on without but, a doubt i mean mm -hmm. it's funny to think that you're let's call it a life force that'll use your same yeah. life force is yeah. somewhere else and it has an outcome that has you know it's not good for you right then over there right. but here it was it did it, it shifted over here so that was a fascinating i've thought about that a lot i don't know what to make of that at all there's so many things yeah there are so many things i don't know what to make of the only thing that um that, that i know i can do is i can do it on demand you know i don't have to wait for inspiration i don't have to um right. that's that's why i'm so driven to get into a, a lab where you can use, hook me up to any machine, watch my stochastic eye movement. Watch, they have these machines that um, follow your smooth pursuit eye movement. So let's say, uh, let's say I manifest a cheetah running across the savanna, right? Now they can watch my eyes. And if I'm faking it, your eyes jump, right? But if there's something there, whether it's cheetah, whatever, if you, it's going to be smooth and they can measure that with these eye, um, you know, with these devices. And another thing, again, your eye, your pupils, when you see something like arousing, your pupils change their, you know, they dilate. Mm -hmm. So let's say if there's, um, so, or scary. So if let's say I'm on a ledge or I wanna see a pretty woman or something like that, my eyes change their shape. I'm looking at something no one else can see, but my eyes are gonna change the, their dilation. So there's so many things that I know that we can prove um, and hopefully next year, we'll speak to that before we in the call. Hopefully, the, I know, oh, well, sure. hopefully I yeah. know that's going to happen next yeah, year. Yeah, we're going to get to a point where I'm going to be like, what's, got, what's next, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I want to kind of talk about and ask you, so what is your experience or story? Because you, you know, um, you said, you know, in the book, you briefly touch on that. How does this all relate to you as an experiencer? And what was your anomalous experience that you think maybe opened up more of this? Or, um, you know, what makes you an experiencer, I guess? Great. Okay. It's another great question. So, so as I said, I thought my kids were replaced by alien doppelgangers or something, but there's a scene, there's a scene. I say it's a scene. There's a, um, a, there was, I spent the month of April on St. John's Island right now during this time, I think I'm getting tele telepathic messages broadcast into my head again, I'm on drugs. So we can dismiss this, but while I was on the Island of St. John's, I literally, Everyone knows about the a close encounter scene where Richard Dreyfus does the devil's mountain out of the potatoes and he builds it in his living room. My um, devil's mountain scene was the hotel room in St. John's. I took the fan and I, hang, I hung strings from it. Okay. Every strings closed. I drew pictures and I was on the floor and I'm drinking. Now I'm drinking heavy. I'm wasted a lot. I am on drugs, but these alien beings are telling me what to do. And I, um, and I literally decorated my hotel room with what their galaxy looked like. So I would lay in bed at night and I have all these jewelry clothes, pictures hanging over me. And that was my first experience or moment. And they would, they made me do some other ridiculous things. And you know about it in the book. It's kind Very of candid guys. 
He holds yeah. nothing back. <laughs> and, yeah, right. So, so yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh at your experiences. No, no, but as somebody kidding. that's kind of like you know, we do strange things, like or things that we're like, oh my gosh, like that did not work, or that did not make sense, or no, it, it didn't make sense, sense at the time, so, like you know. <laughs> right. So, but this is where this is where looking back, I wrote about it because it happened. But looking yeah. back, I'm like, were they test? You know, well, I thought obviously they were testing right. me. But you say, oh, nobody was testing you. You were having these ridiculous thoughts. You were wasted. I, I don't care. You know, that's the, the answer. Yes, but people don't thing. say that to other people. People don't say that to people at Hopkins studying, um, you know, uh, uh, psilocybin. True. I, I agree. You know, 100 so agree whether you're on and, and I'm not advocating for the use of any sort of drug because that's addictive. I am an advocate for plant medicine and it does the same thing. How is it that when you take ayahuasca or you take psilocybin or even marijuana people, I have a whole book here on um, cannabis and magical herbs and the occult and it's all these altered states. There's tons of plants that do it. So what is so different about somebody being drunk? And their vision, because some people have like, you know, what if I got drunk and meditated and it relaxed my mind enough to expand my consciousness? You know, you it's we cannot be so quick to judge people just because they have done these things. Because and, and not, only that, <laughs> not only that, let's think about this, too. This is it, I'll just do the analog. We shoot bison and buffalo and lions with darts to medicate them so we can work with them and control them. Obviously, these interdimensional beings, extraterrestrials, if we're wasted, they, they can do it without, you know what I mean? They're, they're intelligent. They're like, okay, let's go with this guy. Nobody's going to believe him. I don't know if that's true, but you can see the analog. You're like, okay. Um, to your point about the psilocybin, one of the things I wanted to do, um, and this is very specific, is like, again, th- thinking for 10 years, how can I prove um, upside and how can I be a control? Now, if, if you know psilocybin or LSD, there's a thing, there's group hallucinations. So everyone's tripping together, everyone's tripping balls and six guys see, do you see what I see? Do you see these things? And they're like, yeah, I see it, right? Now, if everyone is on psilocybin, except me and I'm the control and I'm seeing what they're seeing, obviously it is not just from the mind. It is outside the mind and it's something there. Then we can see it. When they all come down there, they can't see it anymore because their mind's not open from the psilocybin. But I, as the control, I can say, okay, it's there. So now we've just proven it's not in our heads. It's outside of us and we can access this and maybe we can all access the same thing. And if you can do it on psilocybin, maybe with training, you can do it without it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I remember a psilocybin experience and I was taking the biology class at the time and we were talking about how the brain blocks out, you know, everything, right? The big, the big filter basically. And um, I was talking to my, he was my boyfriend at the time. Now he's my husband, but we're in Sedona by this, you know, we're doing mushrooms. And the next thing I know, it's like one of those things where uh, he's like, why can't we see the world like this? Because we were like in nature, we were playing with bugs, you know, like yeah. we were just like kids. And he's like, well, how come we can't, how come we don't appreciate this when we're not on this? And I was like, well, our brains shut it out. And it, how much information is our brain shutting out that you can access, you know? Um, Absolutely. So it's and just you know, fascinating. The thing is though, you still have to, Whatever, whatever happened to me, it was without a doubt traumatic. You know, it was like a, it was, you can't, I didn't ease into it. I didn't do it the right way. You know, hopefully me and other people will, other people can get to where I got without having the trauma and the, and the, um, all the horrible things. I don't think you have to go through it. Some people maybe say you do. I hope not. Um, 
but I had to go through this. I had to go through that place to get to this place. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I also, I'm more appreciative of so many things now. And I'm grateful for this gift too. I am like, this thing is, this thing is, uh, um, I know. I think it's part of evolution. I think it's an evolutionary leap, just like Terrence McKenna talks about, you know, psilocybin people, the apes having mushrooms thousands of years ago. I think maybe this is part of the next, next level with vision, but I, you know, I can't prove that it's just a hypothesis. Well, everything begins with that, you know, every, everything begins with an idea or a hypothesis. And, you know, even the things that we think of mainstream science now, somebody thought was like super crazy and wild and not possible way back, you know, and For sure. before it was, uh, before people were convinced or before it was proven. So I think that it, you're obviously compelled to have this and you're seeing it. And even if it's not real, wouldn't you like to know why you're seeing it or what's different about your brain from a pure biological standpoint? What is different about your brain that allows you to see these things with your eyes open? You know, like you're, it's like you said, lucid dreaming is close to it. You can see it while you're awake. So when I came out of this, obviously this happened. I, I mean, I say obviously, but most people are me. Everyone's when this happened, I'm like, okay, I'm sober now. Guess what? I, I have this magic power. I have this ridiculous gift. I'm going to get a, a scan, an MRI, and they're going to tell me I have a tumor. You know, that's what you think. If you have this phenomenon, there's, there's a, there's a downside. So I got two MRIs. There was no, um, no lesions, no tumors, no strokes, no damage from drug use. Totally blessed by that. Now, what's cool is during the second MRI, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I had, I was cogent enough to be like, I'm going to see if I can do upside in the MRI because the MRI is gigantic electromagnetics, uh, electromagnet spinning. And I'm like, if these are, if these are electromagnetic waves, which I thought they were, I won't have any control over them because they'll be pulled apart and, um, and I won't have any control over them. Well, I had absolute control of upside in in the MRI while it was running. So now I'm like, okay, maybe these are different kinds of waves, like gravitational waves that don't interact with magnets. And I've, since then I've come onto the idea that might be dark matter, but um, so I'm kind of like this experiment as I go, there's always things I'm trying to do to say, could it be this? I still haven't gotten in a Faraday cage. I would love to do that um, and see if it works in there. Um, but yeah, I keep trying these experiments as I move forward. That would be really interesting in a Faraday cage. So yeah. if you have a Faraday cage and you're listening to my tiny channel one day, then <laughs> contact Tom. <Yeah. laughs> it just takes one person with a Faraday cage to prove this, you know, or to to, to, to test it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. We were talking about a little something earlier. Um, and we were talking about sort of like ADD or neuro neurodivergence and how so many of the like, people that have any sort of neurodivergence are able to kind of be more perceptive of the world around them. Were you always overly perceptive or was this something that got triggered with uh, the breakdown? So I, I would, you know, you just find, I was a business guy, you know, I, I was a businessman and, um, and I would do ADD. I would use Coke because, you know, people have ADD. If they do Coke, they focus. It's not like, you know, I mean, it is a party drug, but it can also help you focus. So um, it would help me focus. Um, but I, I was always creative without a doubt. I mean, I had a creative brain. But since, you know, since this experience, it's um, it's just different. 
You know, it's different. And I think the people I've had so many people I've talked on other podcasts say they have some form of this. I had a guy email me. He said, wow, no one like you said earlier, no one's ever described this to me before. But something like this happens to me. Um, and I, you know, I, when I'm trying to do this or something like this happens at this point. So I know people have elements of it. And I think maybe if they wanted to train it or could, they'd, ha they'd have, you know, it'd be more robust um, and they could take it to the next level. Um, not everyone. I think it's like running a four minute mile. I think some people like I'm a runner. There's no way I would and no, there's no universe I could ever run that fast, you know, but I still oh my like goodness. Running. I'm horrible with running. So, yeah, yeah. so but <laughs> I mean, some are physiological. And then sometimes you're like, well, maybe I'm just not a runner. And then are you know, right, right. and I don't think I'm, it's like a singer. <laughs> maybe singing is better. Some right, people right. hurts eating certain keys. Some people can't sing. I can't sing. But um, so I think people have it on the spectrum, certain levels. Some people are really good at it or something people can be good at it and get better at it. Um, but you have to know what's interesting. You have to know it's there. You know, you have to know that this thing is there. This this sense, I call it sense slash gift. I don't even know what it is, but that's what it feels like. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing that you kind of like uh, figured out how to understand it as well, um, because it seems like for a while you were just. Um, and you know, and you said it happened even without drugs and alcohol sometimes. So just the fact of all this, like hitting you at once must've been very overwhelming. Oh yeah. Um, you said no you, you didn't think you'd broke. be able to talk to people normal ever again. And that's very scary. I remember reading that part in your book and I was like, oh my gosh, like after I had like a huge, after my brother passed away in 2014, I had like a super crazy experience with beings. And I remember like going out into the world. And everything was too loud. It was too bright. And I was like, well, maybe this is just like grief, right? But it was it was like the experience happened. It was, it was just weird. Like I couldn't take reality. And to be honest, my brother and I were not like the closest. Like I obviously loved him. He's my family. He's my brother. We grew up together. But at the same time, it wasn't like, you know, losing somebody like that I talked to. We didn't talk every day. You know, he was or into drugs. So he was, I didn't know what he was doing half the time. Yeah. But at the same time, like, when you have like an experience, it blows something open. So I can only imagine what you were seeing with these actual visuals happening and with all the, everything in the world hitting you at once, you know, um, just so yeah, it was, it's, it's it, amazing. It was you were like, able to just like, like kind of uh, make sense of it all. How yeah, did it you like get hit by a psychic Mack truck? Actually, that's mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. You know, it's funny you say that about the everything loud. That is something I still, that happens. You know, sometimes I'll go out and I'm like, okay, it's way too loud. And it's oh, not, yeah. it's not. Mm -hmm. it's Everybody else is fine. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> loud. It's I'm sensitive and I just need to, need to change yeah. my, um, I just need to change something. You've got to take care of yourself for lack of another word. Yeah. Um, but back to the, to the, uh, if you want to talk about more about, extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, whatever you want to call them. So I think a lot of listeners will find this interesting. So now I'm, I'm using Upsite to explore the organic metaverse, right? So I will sit, literally sit on a couch and stare at the wall for hours. It looks like I'm in a catatonic state, but I'm not, I'm watching a movie, you know, I'm not watching like um, any kind, any, just like anything else, except it's clear. It's, it's a hologram or it's, um, did you see, uh, what's the name of that book? The Queen's Gambit by any chance? It's That's a, the chess one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, when she was laying on the bed, moving the mm -hmm. pieces, uh, yes. the chest, that is a great description of what Upside looks like. Okay. 
Okay, so That's imagine like she lays in bed looking at it. I would look at a wall. I can also look at it in bed. So when I was first came out of it, I use math to help calm my mind. It was something I could focus on. It was something new to me. And I read, I read everything I could on mathematics. All of a sudden I could take these dimensions that I didn't even know were dimensions and fold them, manipulate them. I'm like, okay, what am I seeing here? So I, you know, my mind created this system. It's, it's kind of like our Cartesian coordinate system, but it's not the same thing. So that helped focus the mind. So this is, I kid you not. So I'm doing this, right? And I'm seeing this. Now, when I say it, I'm seeing it just like you'd see a 3D image. Now I'm doing this and a gray in, in a holographic gray would walk into the, while I'm doing it. And I'm like, and I'm like, what's going on here? And I swear to God, more than one time would flip me off. And I'm like, what is that? That is nonsense. Where is that coming from? So when the first time I saw grays was like that, I would think, get out of here, you know? So is that a virus? You know, I also talk about how I um, remote viewed on a gray ship, like around this time too. And I was watching them remote view a town. It was wild. There was a whole bunch of them in a circle around this table and they were remote viewing a town and they were watching the people and their eyes were following the people and every head. It was like the eyes were picking up the remote view from it's like a chorus. It helped. It's like taking the note from the next level. Um, but when two of them noticed me, you know, they looked at me and I got scared and I jumped out of that because it was I was startled. I startled them and then they startled me. And this is before again, before I even knew anything about Heist or C5 or anything. This stuff just happened. And I'm like, whatever, that's just weird. You know, I never thought they were real or what they were, but they were always there and they were nuisances. You know, I was a nuisance to them. Um, since then, it's grown and evolved. And I can't I mean, I don't say I don't you know, I know people have real big encounters with them. They come in and out, but there's not, it's not like um, I know when they're going to show up, they just show up and they don't give me any particular information. They're not like, you know, you're, we're friends. I'm going to give this to you. I don't know. There there's, it's very weird. It's, it's just, they're there. Yeah. I've heard of that from people too. Like the, um, not, that's not exactly how you explain it. Cause like I said, I've talked to a lot of people and um, there's some places where um, people, Say so they're just standing there. They that's that's the extent of the experience, you know. Um, well, remember, this is like them, you know. Yeah, this is in a place. I don't know where even it is. It's not right. like they're in the room with me. If they're in the room with me, I think it'd be terrified. I feel like people have been abducted. I have no idea how they. Mm -hmm. um, it must be so much harder than what I've my experience, you know. Um, or you know, another thing in the book, I explain how there's two p. There's two gifts that I got. One is the upside. The other one is. I've come to learn that it's called um, Tyler's protocol, maybe, hmm. where you know you're getting some messages that are from outside you, right? Oh, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, so in the book, you remember how I describe how the, I bold the type that I was getting? So I would read something, I would read a paragraph, and I would just pick for whatever, I wouldn't, my brain would take the other words, every sixth word, and make a message, and that message I would think is true, and I would act on it, you know? Yeah. Um, since then I've realized that's like something called Tyler's protocol. When you know something is coming in, that's a thought that's not yours. And I, I can't make that happen, but I can feel when it does happen. Do you think that's some way of your brain trying to make sense of the actual information that is coming in? Um, for example, like I, because people describe like, um, you know, if you read, um, like operation Trojan horse or any book that has, 
uh, or um, like one of Jacques Vallée's book where it has all these different accounts of people's experiences with different types of beings, different types of ships. Do you think that the information could present itself as it is in its own frequency, in its own being, what its own matter, however it actually is? And because we, our brains have learned a certain way and we've experienced reality a certain way, our brain's trying to make sense of some of it. So it makes this false information or this trickster-like information, but it's actually our brain doing it because it's just trying to make sense of whatever's in front of us. Or coming in. That's exact. That's well said. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. That's exactly something like that is happening. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm getting, or I'm even though I'm. Think about this. Even though I'm understanding part of it, and it makes sense to me, it still could be wrong, right? Right. So right. then we're like, like, well, why is it wrong? Because yeah. it's happened to me too. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, right? not exactly like you have, but I have information. And I'm like, and I have friends that kind of like fall victim for it, not, and they think that it's like a um, a prediction. But how could you not when it first starts happening? You know. Um, they'll be like, well, I'm so confused because I had, I was told this was going to happen and right. now it didn't so, happen. Yeah, I, and they I are don't... like literally just like, wait, like they're so confused because they knew that whatever was coming into them was a message for the future or of the future or, or for something. And yeah. then when they find out it's not real or it's false, they're just, I've seen people just like like fall into depressions because of this. Uh, listen, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that happened to me. And you could say that's a symptom of schizophrenia, thinking something's going to happen right. like that. But it's it's a, a symptom of what you're talking about. It can be a symptom of schizophrenia. Right. But yeah, so that I would, th I used to think that when I came out of this all the time. Since then, I've learned that the more tell you exactly, the less exact it's going to be. It's more of, oh, this is what I should be doing. You know what I mean? It's more, it, it, the more specific it is, the less I trust it. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because that's, um, I think that's kind of like our own brain, just kind of yeah. saying like, this is what I'm interpreting this as because I actually don't have a word for what it is or I don't actually don't have an experience to relate this <laughs> new experience sure. to. So um, bam, it's an alien giving me a pancake, you know, like right. or yes, whatever right, right. happens, you know, which, which is a case guys, you got to look into alien pancakes if you haven't. But, you know, <laughs> but I will say this, um, there are feel I do I, the best way you can define it is a feeling that, oh, I need to do this. And when that feeling comes in like a calm, like a nice breeze, I'm going to do it. I'm like, oh, we should. And I'm like, I'll tell my wife, I'm like, we definitely need to go do this. She's like, why? I'm like, doesn't matter. Let's just go do it. She, I, do you want right. to? She's like, yeah. So the, and those things, whenever, whenever that happens, it's, it's good. You know, you could call that the spirit. Mm -hmm. If you, if you want to call it the being in the spirit or something like that. Or whenever. even like Diana calls it discernment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm, it's not a new word. She didn't make the word, but she does. I I've think the way that. she explains discernment, um, is definitely what that sounds like because there is like the whole um, being a witch and being like trained in different spiritualities. It's been, it's kind of like um, you have to kind of, if it's fear, fear based feeling, if it feels like anxiety, you know, if it feels bad, basically, then it's something you need to kind of think about a little more. But when things are, like you said, like a calm feeling with ease, it's like almost like, whatever it is or whatever the information is coming from the universe, whatever it is, is telling you to pay attention at that moment. Yeah. Or is it, it's a gift. You know? Yeah. And it's funny too, because the things that feel here in the heart, 
like is is they're both these are both good by the, well they can be both good i'm right now let's talk about it things that feel good here in the heart and the things that feel good here in the stomach are different you know what i mean mm-hmm. but they but they're so related but like um but when they come in i can tell the difference about how they're coming in um and they're both different they could they're both good it's i mean it, this is kind of funny but it's a difference between a pizza and a taco they're both good mm-hmm. i want them both <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're both positive experiences but they they feel different it's neat. It's really cool. That does make sense. Kind of like um, the different types of love. Like we only have the one word love, but you know, if you look at Latin, there's it's all exactly sorts like of that. different types of love, but it's all good. So um, that's an interesting way to put it. I like the pizza and taco analogy because I'm a foodie. I wish I wasn't. I wish I was just like, oh, I hate food. Like, you know, <laughs> but I don't. So. <laughs> um, so go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I want to say one other thing, um, because this is this is the most fascinating uh, one of the most fa- fascinating things about Upside. So the, when I there, there, the Upside shows me a quantum view of our DNA. Right. So it, it, at least it shows me the same thing again and again. And one of the things it does, much like when you see a cell divide going from a, an egg or two, four, six, when you know how that process is right? Two, four, six, eight, and then it turns into something. Upside shows me a DNA strand with these bizarre candy cane things, which are not part of our DNA at all, right? It's not, you, you can't, you look under a microscope, you're not going to see them. Um, but they also show me what they, what happens before they're the candy canes and what happens after. Um, one of my like challenges and dreams is that if we're seeing the same thing, right. If I can find someone else with upside that can see the same thing, they'll be able to say, Oh, are you seeing this before it? And this afterwards, when that happens, there's going to be a feeling in my soul of euphoria. Like Ta-da! I've got somebody else that can see the same kind of thing I can, because it's always the same, you know, and I, where's it coming from and whatever. It's like nothing. It's like nothing in our world that we know. So, um, but the fact that it's consistent and it keeps coming back, I believe it to be truth or some kind of these candy cane things. I call it dark matter. It's because, you know, it's a placeholder that's interacting with it. Um, so I can't wait to find someone else who can do that because I know um, it's eventually someone else will be able to see very similar things that I can see. I just don't know when it's going to be. That's very, yeah, that's interesting because I know a lot of people use dark matter, like maybe it's dark matter because we don't really know a lot about it, you know. Good placeholder. Um, Yep, exactly. Um, what do you what do you see as so say this is something that some people can awaken or say you're able to teach people that have a little bit of this, like like pieces of how you do upside, you know, like um different abilities and you're able to teach them to put it all together. What is what do you think is like a practical application of upside? If, if well, I don't can do it. Let, let's put the practical aside because I still okay. don't know. Okay, my wife yeah, is like, fair enough. Yeah. So forget <laughs> that for a minute because that's such a great question. I, oh, I no. I mean, like, it's just one that popped into my head because I was like, well, what can this be used for? No, no, that's um, the question. It has some sort of insight to things happening around us or whatever it is. So, so from a, from a literally saying what practical, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's from as far <laughs> as teaching, I don't want to call myself a teacher of this because I'm still learning it. That said, the best way, if you think you have this and want to practice it, the best way is right before you're going to bed at night. You know, if you can't sleep, you know, there's something called um, the Gansfeld effect where you mm-hmm. have all the lights off and you're total quiet darkness and all you can see things start moving. 
You know, if you stay with it long enough and sit there and say, okay, can I see a diamond? If it turns into a diamond and then, you know, and once you start interacting with it, now maybe, then maybe the next night it'll be there without you interacting with it. Maybe something will be waiting for you the next night and you try mm -hmm. to interact with it. That's the first step. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. And then you can go into the deeper, like meaningful things, remote viewing. But if you can do that, that, that would be cool. Cause that's the, that if you I think you can learn that. I do. I think that's like a muscle, yeah. like training, I, I think like training. Yeah, I do. I do. I had a priestess that would teach that actually. Um, yeah. She didn't use the, the term you use, but it was, you put like, um, we, you would put like an eye pillow on, like not like a heavy one, just like a normal, you know, like people wear in the movies when they're trying to like sleep during the daytime, <laughs> something mm -hmm. like a silk pillow or something over your eyes. And then all noise canceling and all, you know, and you would watch the darkness. Um, and basically you would try part of the exercise that she was doing was you're going to draw a circle and then you're going to undraw the circle, but you have to see it or you didn't do it. Yeah. Good. So yeah. Um, eventually you would start seeing almost like if you stared at a ring light for a long time, but this good, is before perfect. I even had a ring light, but it, that's what kind of what I was seeing. It was like this circle. Yeah. And then would go around, but then you can start doing other shapes. Yeah. And then that's kind of how you go into another altered state where maybe you're seeing other places to, to put it in a way that's not so out there, you know? Um, so it, I, well, think I think that people can do that. Well, sure. I mean, think about this. Think about what dreaming is. Dreaming yes. is this. I mean, you, we don't control yeah. our dreams, but that's what it is. If you can, if you, <laughs> such a clay, if you can dream it, you can do it, you know? <laughs> But, but you can control true. your dreams if you yeah. become a lucid dreamer, sure. you know? So, and then what can you do after that? You can astral project. And it's like, <laughs> I think people are very limiting of themselves. And sometimes they either just need to be told, Hey, you can do this, or they need a way to calm their body and calm all the stuff going on around them. So they can actually open up to these other things. So they're using their brain in a way where they can tap in. Yeah. Um, versus all this sensory overload. Like I've got a fan over here. I've got lights. I hear cars coming. You know, the kids are downstairs and I know all this is happening and I'm hearing it all at once. But when you shut all of that off, you're left with your mind. And so many people say like the, the way outward is inward. And I think that's a way of saying like, call yourself yeah. together. Well, you, you know? know what? And I think and actually let's, uh, let's talk about this before we got on the air, we were talking about how I exercise and how my running is like, I, I love to run. And I absolutely think that helps me calm my mind. And when I run, it's a meditation. So, you know, physical activity can help calm your mind. And listen, I'm not, even though I'm in recovery and I, I don't party anymore, I'm not anti, you know, you know, people can party and have a good time all the time without being drug addicts, you know, people, you know, I'm not, do you, you do you, you know, you, you, people know if they have a problem, you know, we're not stupid. We may put it off, but you can, you can find higher states through drugs. I'm not suggesting it, but obviously people have been saying that for thousands and thousands of years, you know? Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, meditation, if, you know, um, psilocybin or whatever, if, you know, if you're, if you're yeah. trying to explore, just be careful. Oh, absolutely. And there's, um, there's just, I, I mean, even there's even types of breathing, like holotropic breath work. Oh, definitely. Um, even if you do um, breath of fire in yoga, it has like a, it has a Sanskrit name that I always mess up, but it's breath of fire. And you're basically, when I first did breath of fire, it really, when I stopped, I felt high. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and in me, I was like, oh, you're just depriving yourself of oxygen. You know, like, <laughs> sure, sure, maybe you are, but you're still achieving an altered state. Uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, there's plenty of ways to enjoy altered states without actually doing something like, you know, what with, of course, considered it's hard. There's a runner's run, high. You know? you know, they have a runner's high. You hit this place runner's and high. you're done right. You yeah. yeah. It's, it's legit. Um, There's a class called soul cycling and you get on one of those weighted bikes and that thing had me like, like I'd never done a runner's high or never felt a runner's high because I was never a runner. Just like you couldn't make me do it. Like yeah. I've always liked hiking, but cycling yeah. um, with the, um, you know, cycling and those classes, like I loved that. But there was one time where she had like lights and music and all this stuff. And I remember like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to leave my body because I had been doing, you know, transcendental meditation and I had done altered state traveling before. <laughs> and so um, I was like, oh no, I feel like I'm going to leave my body like right now. Was it pleasant <laughs> or were you scared? Oh, you I was just like afraid of um, like, what if I astral project right now on this bike because it got me to this like high in my head. Yeah. Um, it made me feel like I was going to leave my body. But there are there, like I said, there are soul cycling classes and it's called soul cycling where the, the intention is to reach an altered state through exercise. You know, you talk about being afraid, too. And we've been talked about there's like there's a dark side to this upside. Um, uh, I've seen things that I would never want to see because anything you can imagine never mind you imagine it, but they show you things like so there. Let's say there's some negative energy. They've shown me. I talked about this on another podcast, like a, a KFC bu a bucket with baby parts in it. It was horrible. And Why I was do like, they do that? Because I've had know. a similar experience. Um, I was lucid dreaming and I'm, and I wake up and I realize it's a dream because of the goriness that they yeah. were telling me. I don't know. I don't know what, the, but, I don't know what the payoff is, but, but mm -hmm. there's some, you know, you're, you're freaked out and, uh, and, uh, there's many other things, but I just, mm -hmm. you don't know why you can, you can be in a good state and that can come in and you can stay out of it. But, um, but at the same time, that's the negative. I can sit back and see, like, I can see pictures of my sons when they were toddlers, like your kid's age playing in the backyard. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> is that an actual memory or is it just collection of things? So think about this and it doesn't matter. It's still amazing, right? It's still amazing mm -hmm. to see your kid's toddler. Now, if I was in an MRI, now I know there's parts of the brain that have to do with memory, right? So if right. I'm doing upside and I think it's my kids playing when they're young, is the memory center of the brain going to highlight, right? And right. what about the, what about a, um, uh, what about, a, let's say we're talking about a, um, a position on earth. Like, let's say if it's in France, is there a France center in the brain? You know, that's what would be so cool. Am I actually in France or is it just, you think you're in France? Right. We, you, we would be able to know these things. I, again, for the MRIs, maybe it has to be more advanced than the MRIs, but, right. um, yeah. So well, that, that's a question that a lot of, um, contactees and abductees have like, on. Um, like, did I actually go on a ship or was my consciousness taken or was yeah. my consciousness abducted? Yeah. Or that, was, yeah, you, these are, again, know, some I, people that's... have full body abductions where they're like, oh no, I remember like going outside or floating out of the window or, you know, through a wall in some cases, but there's some people who are like, well, I was, it was, it's almost like an out of body experience for them yeah. where they are leaving their body, which everybody knows what, I don't know why I'm explaining out of body experience to people. Cause I know my audience knows, but you know, they see themselves leaving their body, but their body's still on the bed with their husband or their cat or whoever, you know? Right. And, 
they are being taken against their will, but it's just like their their consciousness. Yeah. That's freaking that's almost scary. That it is scary. So I've asked, <laughs> I've asked, I've asked upside, what do I look like to these beings? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, well, show me what is it my silhouette? Is it like this? Am I seeing them like me? Yeah. And I get different answers every time. So there's no there's no answer I get that's that's that I think is right. You know what I mean? Again, maybe it's what maybe it's whatever I'm looking at, you know, or whatever right. being that happens to be there. Um yeah, so there's so much, uh, you know, there's there's so much research that needs to be done right. in this. So let's talk about telepathy, telepathy for a minute, okay, right? Yeah. I know you guys are doing a, um a, on the 21st. You guys are having a big conversation with some people. Is that fair to say? Are you having a chat or something with David? Oh Lillian? yes, I'm having um. Yep, I'm having an experiencer kind of like roundtable type thing. Well, David, David and I, one of the guys that's going to be in the chat, I don't mm -hmm. think you'd mind me telling this because we talked about it on UFR Twitter. I went to his house uh, about two weeks ago and I was like, listen, that's dude, I want to, let's try this. I know I can do this on demand. I know you don't have upside, but you've, you know, you're an experiencer. You've had stuff downloaded from these extraterrestrials, interdimensional. Let's see if we can do it. Let's try. I will manifest this image and you describe what you see. Or first of all, can you see it? We tried that first. That did not work at all. Then we said, all right, I'm like, I'm going to have a scene and I, I put and I'm watching this scene and he's like thinking what this could be. Right. We tried it with mixed results. We were both facing the same way, like a screen. Right. Then we're like, you know what? Let's face each other like a conversation. When we did this, once we changed our bodies to face each other, when I did it, we had we, I would, let's say, describing the scene, he got 30 to 40% of all the time, but one scene, he described every single thing in it that I was like, I was like, this is so freaky. It was wow. wild. And he's not seeing it. He's like, I'm seeing, a, um, and it was a guy on an ATV, off-road ATV, right? With, mm -hmm. a, with you know, some guy on, on the mud. He's like, I see somebody with a helmet, um, goggles. He's off-road and I'm going, I'm in my, I'm going, how is this happening? And he's like, he's on a motorcycle. And I just stopped. I'm like, no, he's on an ATV, but close enough. Right now. I know you're not going to look for a skeptic listening. They're going to say that's BS. It doesn't matter what they say. This is not something that's ever going to get scientifically proven like that. This is just people thinking, let's try it by ourselves. Let's be the citizen scientists and see oh, what there's nothing wrong do. with that. No, not of course not. That's how things our kids do it. They play like, <laughs> yes. You're right. Um, what is a game? Guess a number between one and 30 or, you know, guess which hand. Like, Absolutely. Like, like we're always playing games, people. And we're always ex there's no difference between some games and an experimentation of intuition. Like I do it with the kids. Like I even did this weird thing. And my son's probably gonna be like, oh, like my mom was such a weirdo. I wanted him. He showed some signs that he was he has seen spirits. He's showing some signs of being more sensitive to energies around him. Yeah. And so I gave him a little eye cover thing and I had him smelling different herbs, feeling different things to help him like make his senses more prominent. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. and it's also like, I'd give him two things that feel similar and well, it's he genetic. Gonna, it, you know? yeah, there's, there's going to be something there. So people can train on this um, just like you would train for um, like a, people train their clairs, which is like, you know, your spiritual gifts is what they call clairaudience, clairvoyance. There's a lot of them. But um, it sounds like he like John had a moment where he was practicing with you. 
and he yeah yeah he'll you, if you want yeah, talk about it it was wild mm -hmm. we were both like wow this is really cool and we don't even know each other and i think the more you know i mean we know each other you know for twitter we've since gotten to you know know each other better but mm -hmm. I, I think there's an element of it's like knowing somebody and picking up on what they're putting out there i think you get better and better and better um and more connected no oh, for sure and people have done that like um people have walked up and did that to me like my dad's passed so this one girl walks up to me in bar and she's walking by and she looks at me and she's like, stop. She's like, Oh my God, you have a ghost. I was like, she's like, yeah, there's a spirit with you. He looks like this. And she described my dad to he where he had a, he always wore this fedora. She said something about feathers and, and like hawks and the, like my dad's side's native American in case you can't tell just from that little snippet. Wow. Um, but there's something with him and hawks. Like, like they would, they would always find a feather. Like I, when I went to go see his gravesite, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go to the actual funeral. So me and my boyfriend at the time are walking at this little tiny uh, cemetery in Eloy, Arizona, which is outside, you know, outside of Tucson. It's a tiny town. And I see a group of people and they look up and it's my family. We didn't know that we each other were going. And my grandma walks up and she's visibly disturbing, disturbed, holding a feather. And where you were standing, I found this hawk feather. Wow. And we looked up and you were there. It's just like weird stuff. Yeah, like no, that. no, no, no. That's even, you I mean, know? come on. That's synchronicity. That's meant to be, right? Right, I mean, right. So it was something with feathers. But the girl on at the bar, like, where did that come from? Where yeah, did she well, get exactly. that information? I don't know. I it's don't know. I don't have She didn't know me. You know, that's it's just like, like, where is it coming from? Right. <laughs> that's no, one that's... of your questions for upside. You know, where is this coming from? Oh, if it's oh, coming I've out of me, then something common should light up in my brain if I'm being studied. If it's coming from somewhere else. You know, I've asked else. that so many times and I, I'm not, I don't get an answer. Upside will not tell me um, where it's coming from. That's what's intriguing as heck. There, now there are th beings that jump into Upside, right? That will say what's up, but Upside itself, it's some, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I want, some, I need, I want, my goal is to build a team of people to work on this. You know, I wrote that blog um, and I published it last year. It's a really, really long, well, really long blog. It takes 26 minutes to read it, but it's got the math in it. It's got the, what I just talked about at the quantum um, genetic level. And it's got the way I see, or upside shows me rainbows, you know, yes. from the side. So very specific things that repeat again and again. Um, um, but I would love to have some other people that can do it. And we, I think, and I actually think this is my calling. I think this is why I have these gifts because I'm supposed to put a team together that feels like that's what's supposed to happen because I've been on this mission for 10 years and I have not made, other than being so persistent that I can't say no. My wife is, you know, she's like, you're relentless about this. I'm like, oh my goodness. And she is a, she is a champion herself. I mean, like some you know people what? do, that you was, know, yeah, she people, loves you like beyond yeah. love. There's like a new level of love this woman has for you that we don't. Yeah. Even yeah. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. When we did the first book clubs, everyone's like, we don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to your wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, though. They, so she would get on and answer questions. And uh, there was a lot of questions because, yeah, we, I put her through hell. Um, yeah. But there was a lot of questions and you're not wrong. She is. She's she's fantastic. Um, yeah. but next year, yeah. let, let me just say, yeah, this. but that's where we're at the hour. So I was going to ask you, 
What do you have so, coming so up? I can't say too much, but all I can say, all I, I don't want to say too much because I'm in the middle of the paperwork, getting the compliance mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But next year, it looks like I will be at, in a, one of the top research institutes in the, in the world doing this. So yeah, that which means these guys are as interested as I am. So um, as, as I will, when this happens, I'll be promoting it because I might want another person. You know what I mean? I might have to look for another person to come with me that has upside. Um, depends. It depends on what kind of tests we're going to do. That's what I'm pushing for. I don't know if it's going to happen because there are certain rules. You know, it takes when you're doing experiments with people, you know, you have to. Right rules that, that that don't matter to me but matter to them because oh they, yeah it's like an ethical it's like medical yeah, exactly yeah, yeah compliance so <laughs> i'll be i would i'll probably like to be making the rounds um when when i know what's going on know what it's going to be i'll probably do podcasts making the rounds talking about this you know maybe i'll have a form a website to sign people up who might have upside be a questionnaire you know oh, what i you mean you should definitely do that yeah so i'm very very excited about that and that's what looks like 2023 is going to have in store for me and i'll have more details um when i feel comfortable saying specifically what it is but it's going to be a year for research which is finally that's good i think that you know everything happens at the perfect time and the world's at a point right now where we've heard enough weirdness we might actually be ready to understand it <laughs> or we might actually be ready to receive this um, this idea of upside that's out there and just the whole experience or world in general, whether yeah. you have, you know, clairvoyancy or psi abilities or not. Um, like the world is definitely if we would have said any of this a couple of years ago, even. Oh, oh you know? I, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt um, that we are more ready now than even two years ago. Yeah, even two years ago. Yeah, so the progression is definitely forward, and I'm glad you're going to be able to do some research on this because um, they've researched other people that have these sorts of um, – I don't want to put it in the same camp because I don't think that it is, but there's got to be an area of your brain that is showing something, you know, um, the way you, we've we've talked about schizophrenics, but also Alzheimer's patients, and also yeah. – you know, so they go somewhere. Yeah, like oh, no doubt. No they're seeing it, you know. So, well, you um, know, schizophrenia presents itself different in different cultures. That, uh, when I, I read that a few years ago, I'm like, so people, it's, it's family based, paranoid based, some are friendly. So I find that very interesting. That means these messages are coming from somewhere, you know, and it's culture related. So that, well, from my perspective, that means it might be outside the brain as well. So remember, they treat schizophrenia with drugs. So the people stop having this because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to deal with it. I, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not an expert mm -hmm. on it. I don't have schizophrenia. I just have a, an amazing brain that does things that that are similar to symptoms of it, you know, but obviously I don't have it. Yeah. I remember in the book, he said that was never a, a diagnosis. No. Um, so I guess we, we're over the hour right now. Is there anything that you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about or address? No, this was great. I'm glad I got a chance to talk about this book uh, for, to a book lover. So thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I feel, I appreciate this. I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation. And, uh, and I, again, we talked about the book. So people, you know, is it a phenomena book? Unlikely, but it definitely talks about phenomena things. And it talks about, like you said, high strangeness. It's just a great and, book though. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's pay, I it's, you know, I've been told it's pretty, you know, it's a fast read page turner. There's some wild stories in it. If you're interested in that. Um, and most importantly, it has a happy ending, but if you are an experiencer, you know, with some mental health, you know, you think you're going crazy or something. I'm telling you, you can come through the other side with intact. Just takes a little work. That's beautiful. And if, if you can do it, 
and I don't want to say anybody can do it because some people might be like, no, I can't. But, you know, um, I, I think that's that what I it's, very, you're, it's very motivating at the end, guys. And just knowing you now and meeting you now, um, I never would have known that you had gone through all this, you know, um, in the book. So I kind of knew you was like from your upside stuff and the, the stuff you were writing, I think maybe on your blog or I, sure. I just, I, I was following you on Twitter and I was reading things that you were posting. So um, yes, that's a great note to end it on. Hang out backstage after I end the broadcast. Cause I want to say bye to you there. Um, okay. Um, thank you everybody joining now. Hi, Bob Marley, curious George, Diana, Carolina, Logan, Barry, Lord boss. Um, and curious George was here earlier. Thank you, everybody in the live chat for showing up. And if you're listening later, thank you as well. Please like, subscribe, share. Is that how it goes? Um, all the things. And let me know how you like the show. If you need to get hold a hold of Tom, I put his information in the description as well as the link to his book. Um, and the book is Jesus Goes to Hollywood. Come in to frame you. Oh, it's not going to I like it. it. It's invisible. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Green screen problems. Anyways, <laughs> it likes red too, I guess. Um, but yeah, so all that's there for you. I will see you guys next week for, um, we're going to have an experiencer, a very experiencer Christmas. So we're going to have John on and a bunch of other awesome people, Steph from UIP Experiencers, um, to, to kind of just talk to some experiencers because it's kind of important. A lot has happened this past year and I can't wait to see what everybody thinks about everything happening in the world with UAP or UFOs. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. And um, hang out again, Tom. I'll talk to you in a minute. Have a great night. <laughs>